everybody. Welcome. This is episode number 46, The Blue Collar Angler. You're listening to the Wilderness Tamer podcast, and thank you so much for tuning in. Now, my guest this episode is Tony Anchor. He is a co-angler of the Major League Fishing Circuit. We get into his setup, what he looks for, and he's even been a marshal for on the pro circuit, and we even get into that, and he talks about what he saw that he thinks separates the men from the boys. So before I let y'all go to learn a few more tricks to get that largemouth in your boat, let me give a quick shout out to the sponsor. And that is Dry Pocket Apparel. They are the future of swimwear that come with an integrated dry bag as a pocket with a self-sealing magnetic strip that is certified to go 100 feet down. And they'll keep your phone dry as a bone. So go check them out on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok and as well as drypocketapparel.com. Now, if you see something you want, use promo code WILDERNESS to get you 25% off your order. Now, the new dry bag backpack, it will be available this June. It is getting made now, getting stocked up. So put your order in. I'm definitely getting mine. Check out those dry pocket shorts, especially all you fishermen. If you're going to be on a body of water, they have the new fanny packs, and they're coming out with women's apparel as well that has a dry pocket technology and yoga pants. These are legit. I used mine this weekend down in St. Mark's at Shell Point, wading around fly fishing. I, had, I was up to my chest in water, and my phone was in my pocket. As long as you feel that little pooch of air in your pocket, that thing's sealed up. Y'all seriously need to get a pair of these. You will not regret it. So... Thanks for Tony to taking the time to come on. I really enjoyed it. It was a great conversation and happy Easter, everybody. Y'all have a safe and great week. Hey everybody. Welcome to episode number 46. Let's get Tony on the line and get this podcast rolling. Hello. Hey man, how are you? Good. How you doing? Oh, good, good. Thank you for taking the time on this Easter Sunday. I appreciate it. No problem, man. But you just got to keep that nose to the grindstone as it is in fishing. <laughs> oh, yeah. So if you want to uh, introduce yourself real quick and just a quick overview, and then we'll get into it. Uh, my name is Tony Anchors. Um, you know, I love bass fishing. I've been fishing all my life. I live here in central Florida, and uh, I, I fish a lot of the lakes around here. I'm originally from Virginia, but I've been here for 20 years. Oh, okay. Cool. That's about it, man. I just love fishing. I heard that. What now? So, what age did you get started in it? Did you start off bass fishing, or was it just pan fishing? Oh man, I, I was I was young. I I grew up fishing with my dad, hunting and fishing with him. Okay. So cool. in in Virginia, I mean, as far back as I can remember. I heard that. I remember, you know, pond fishing. You know, you know, and I couldn't even bait the hook. I I can remember back that far. Mm-hmm. That's my earliest memories of fishing where my dad didn't have a hook on my lure, but I was just in the back of the boat. And we were on the river, and we'd be there all day. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, kinda... we never we we never did much boat fishing. We were you know, mm. it was kind of a poor family. We had you know, oh, ours was a little yeah. Like we had a little fourteen foot John boat. That's all we had. <laughs> yeah. That's what I have now. Heck yeah! So how's your current fishing going, man? It looks like he pretty much. I mean, I, when I'm not deer hunting, it's fishing time for me. But uh, yeah, how's your current uh, seasons going? I should say. Well, I'm not doing a lot this year. I did, uh, I did uh, the Toyota series, 
and on Sandy Cooper. Oh, sweet. And, um, and it, unfortunately the weather was so bad that, um, they, you know, after day one, they canceled the rest of the tournament. Holy, it must have been pretty but, rough then for them to cancel it. Cause I've, oh yeah, <laughs> so it, was, the... it was bad. Day, day one was really bad. I bet. Well, like, was it, what lake was it in? It was, um, all of Sandy Cooper Reservoir in, in South Carolina, and it was uh, okay. we launched in Lake, Lake Marion. Oh, okay. And and but winds were you know even day one they were twenty miles an hour and above. Oh Jesus, and that's not a good situation was, in a bass boat. No, no, and it was rough. Every you know we had one guy cracked his transom and, and oh damn you know my you know the guy I was with broke his trolling motor and and you know it was it was crazy. And, yeah. Um, days two and three was. You know, 30 mile an hour winds and above. Yeah, good so luck to even be able to cast in that weather. Yeah. <laughs> to cast with yeah. it the whole day. That's pretty yeah, cool. So how long have you been no, fishing tournaments? I'm, I'm actually just starting tournaments. Oh, cool. Um, good. <laughs> yeah, I've been fishing all my life. I've got a buddy who's who started. Um, he's about the same age as me, and he's he started he's fishing the whole East Coast uh, Toyota Series this year. Sweet. Where, where does all that go? Like what's their range? Well, he he, there's South Central and Northern. I think it's he's fishing. Uh, he fished Okeechobee. That's a yeah. I haven't um, fished that lake yet, but I got a lot of friends I have. Man, they say that lake's awesome. Yeah, it's it's huge. It's mm -hmm. a big lake. I've, Thirty I've miles wide, ain't it? Something yeah, like that. I mean, it's it, it it even connects through canals on from coast to coast on in Florida, but it's it's huge. You can't see across it. Damn, I mean, bad yeah, out there in the middle. It's probably like ocean conditions sometimes. Yeah, it is. It gets. Um, when we went down there, I went down to pre-fish with him this year. It was um, the whole time, uh, the week before the tournament. It was just so windy that you couldn't get out on the main lake. You had to stay in the canals. Yeah. And there was, there was waves rolling through the trees into the canals from the main lake. Yeah, we've been there like that on Lake Seminole before. We were out there fishing, yeah. man. It was like you say, it was so bad. It was like two to two to uh, three foot swells, but other than that, you just had, like you say, get up in the canals or up in the river, a little protected eddy somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and, that's how Sandy Cooper was. They were two to three foot on day one. Damn. So it was it was rough, but <laughs> no bueno. Yeah, the southern division of the Toyota Series is is Okeechobee, Sandy Cooper, and and Harris Chain here in Central Florida. Okay. And now, then, uh, how many boats y'all did you fish in those tournaments? It varies. It's it's supposed to limit out at two hundred and sixty. Jesus! But like mm. Gunnersville, they did um, well over three hundred boats. They they made exceptions because so many people wanted in. Holy crap, so they, man! That's awesome. That's good. Holy and all it cow! Does is raise, it raises the payouts and stuff like that. So oh I'm, oh for sure, I could only imagine. Now, yeah. what's about the average weight, or I should say, what's a good bag limit for y'all to win a tournament? For you know, you got locked down. Well, it depends the lake. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. Um, you know, you, really anywhere from in a Florida lake, anywhere from twenty to twenty-five pounds is, you know, it's it's, it's a big, that's a good day. That's a big bag. Yeah, I know the guy who won uh, Sandy Cooper. You know, he, we only fished one day, but I think he got 28 pounds. Dang, that's that's so, pretty yeah. that's pretty good bag there. The biggest yeah. tournaments I ever fished, which I had a bass boat, it was a Pro Craft 21 foot, had a 175 Mercury and power pole. It was badass because I bought it from a guy yeah. who uh, he got a ninety thousand dollar boat credit. It's not I think it was like Keith something, 
but he went to the FLW and he was selling his boating with everything on it. So I looked up, it had all his numbers. It was side imaging, Lawrence, front and back. It was a nice boat, but the week I paid that sucker off, I ended up selling it to a guy for a thousand more dollars than I bought it for. So <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Which I'm kind of more kayak based now, which I got the John boat still, but I like fishing for my kayak. It's just, to me, it's a little bit more intimate, but I do miss it. Yeah. Fishing out of that boat's I nice. Can't, I can't, I can't do a kayak, man. <laughs> oh, really? Um, yeah. It's just, it's, I can't sit that low. I'm, I'm six foot four, so it's tough. Oh, that's me too. Tough, I, I'm six, yeah. four, two, or I say three, three, oh, five, three, fifteen. Thanks to good old Christmas. Uh, I put on a little bit of weight, but, uh, yeah, I'm a big old boy too. And I, like I say, most of the time I have to get out, but I had some days where you're sitting on your butt for like four or five hours fishing like Lake Jackson and Tallahassee and different places like that. Yeah. But, yeah, that'd be tough for me. I'm old. Yeah, that too. I'm only 29. I'm still young. Uh, yeah, I just turned 50, so. Heck yeah, man. That's pretty cool. So, like, what's your go-to setup, pending the lake, if you want to go through, like, the northern zone and then down to the south end, I should say? Because, well, I'll start off with this. Where all of you fished? We'll go there first. Well, you know, I, I right now in Florida, I've, I've got a private lake that I fish a lot, and um, it's semi-private. Yeah, but, we got uh, a couple of those I, around I, here. I fish Harris Chain a lot, um, and there's a lake here, Lake Panasofki, I fish. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get down to Okeechobee much. I mean, it's a three-hour drive for me, so it's tough. <laughs> and then when I go back home to Virginia, I fish... Um, you know some small lakes and stuff that are you know, not much bigger than ponds but they're yeah they're is that they're, more they're, they're, or go, or go ahead sorry i was gonna ask is that more small mouth and spotted up there or is there a good bit of large mouth up there too there, there's a good bit of large mouth the small mouth you're gonna find in the rivers there like in the shenandoah okay um which is where i grew up i mean, grew up fishing on the shenandoah with my dad we go camping and and, you know, we camp for three days and fish the river. Oh, and, yeah. Um, That's fun. Yeah. And then, um, you know, there's, there's some good-sized smallmouth in there. But in the lakes, you're going to find more um, largemouth bass. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, and a lot of crappie. I mean, the, 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 the crappie up there, this the place I fish up there, I mean, they're they're enormous. Slabs. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll have some every, every now and again. You'll see someone come across with a good one. But just about on average, they're about as big as your hand down here. But there are some decent yeah. fish, but most of it's like private lakes, like you said, where they can grow them big. Yeah. Well, and that's what I get down here. And when I catch the lake, I fish a lot. When I catch crappie, about the, they're about the size of my hand. But I've I've caught uh, some a couple of Virginia citation crappie out of this lake in uh, in Culpeper County, Virginia, where I fish. Dang. I mean, they're they're huge, and they and they multiply so fast. I mean, you can catch a stringer full in two hours. Yeah, I mean, how how do you fish for those? Do you have that rig where it has all those long, like almost like cane poles, or you just do like one at a time? No, man, I just I, I take a, a a light rod, um, typically a spinning rod, mm-hmm. and I'll either I'll, I'll either put a jig on a bobber, okay, and and jig them, or and then sometimes when we just want to hang hang out, we'll we'll use minnows for the crappie up there. Oh heck yeah! When we really want to catch them, but I've you know I've been up there and it's snowing and I've been able to catch crappie. You know, Damn. Um, which I heard they're more of a cold weather fish anyway, because that's that's real. When it's cold, when it gets cold down here in South Georgia, I think we had like three days this entire year. But they say that if it's cold and windy, go fishing for crappy because they'll be schooling. Yeah, yeah. Here, 
it's, it seems like it's every year for me, I start catching them in, uh, in January and typically the whole month of January I'm catching crap. And even with, you know, I'm, I was, uh, uh deep using deep diving crankbait fishing mm-hmm. for bass, uh, strike King series five and I'm catching crappy. Holy crap. That's a big old fish. Then. Yeah. Yeah, they, they weren't that big. That's the thing. But they're eating that big bait. Yeah, I mean they're good. Um, they're hungry. They're fasty. Yeah, but this year they they started middle of December and 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 I was catching them in February still. Dang! Oh, they're in Virginia. No, no here in oh, Georgia. Here in Georgia. Yeah, like I said we did get a little bit of a cold spell, especially towards the beginning of April, or was it March? Yeah. I believe. But. uh that's pretty cool. Now, what's your go-to for bass? Just for tournaments or pleasure fishing? What do you feel like on a bad day you can catch something with that lure? Uh, the the number one for me is is a wacky rig stick bait. Oh if, yeah. If you can't catch them on anything else, that's going to be, you, you know, you're going to get hit on those all the time. But my favorite is a is a lipless crankbait. Okay. Um, I like you know like a Strike King red eye shad. Yeah. I caught a four pounder yesterday on that. Oh, sweet. So, yeah. That's what I picked up a fly rod here recently, a little bit, but it's a seven to eight wad or seven to eight weight rod getting tongue tied here. And uh, I missed a good bass on it. It's probably been a five or six pounder because it jumped out of the water. And I saw, I was like, oh, my mercy. But it kept short striking my frog. So, but yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> they were just playing with I've it. I've never really been into fly rod. I, you know, it was, I was always interested in it. My father in law. Um, used to fly rod fish and, um, but I never got into it. Even trout fishing back home in the rivers that, you know, I would just use a spinning rod. Yeah. Oh, I will. Trust me. I have one in the truck. If that fly rod ain't working. Cause like I said, it's not the most, it's more of the art of doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like yeah. shooting a traditional bow. You just want to have that little more nostalgia to it. Yeah. I have a, um, a cousin that up in Northern Virginia area, Maryland, he lives he's just huge into fly fishing he takes trips every year and goes mm-hmm. you know by himself at a river just all alone just fishing for a week yeah know? well there's not a lot of people doing it around here for one that's why i'm gonna start making videos i gotta start getting into the more youtube more because i'm still early with this podcast mm-hmm. but i'm just wanting yeah. to be trying to just be different about it because i mean i got bait casters i got plenty of them i worked at academy sports yeah. for when i was back in college just for some folding money and boy, they got more money back than I made there because I was using that discount like crazy. Yeah, I've I've just gotten in. I think I started in September with uh, my YouTube, not even my YouTube, my Instagram, mm-hmm. and then my YouTube was a few months later. I'm still it's it's tough for me, you know, learning the the editing and stuff like that. See, that's so I got those hurdles to get over. I mean, I can, I know I can do it. This one is one of my job, and we got two young kids too. I got all hands on deck right now, which I know that's just excuses. Yeah. So I can get it done still, but it's on my yeah. my goal list, I should say. Yeah, well, luckily I'm, you know, my kids are all out of the house now, so yeah. <laughs> the unfortunate thing is, is, is college is ripping a hole in my pocket. I can yeah. only imagine right now. That's what mine are five and sixteen month old, so I got a little bit before I have to worry about that. Yeah, I got a son in University of Florida that's awesome. Going for his master's and possibly his doctorate. So heck know, yeah, man, well. that's cool. Just say go dogs, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh lordy, but uh, so where like again? Do you fish a lot? Like 
for that tournament circuit, is there like a cutoff to how north do they go and how south? Uh, they go all the way. The, the Toyota series actually um, crosses the country. They just have different divisions. Is this the FLW um, or BFL? It's, 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 well, it's, it's major league fishing. They bought FLW. It's the oh, old cool. FLW uh, Toyota series. Sweet. Um, That's on the outdoor and, channel, and, ain't it? Uh, or sportsman's yes, channel. They, they, they put some of it together and, and put it on the outdoor channel. They usually live stream a lot of it. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, the East Coast they do uh, Southern Central and Northern Division, and then they do a, um, like a Midwest Division. I'm not sure about the ones past the East Coast. I really haven't paid that much attention to them. Yeah. But I know the you know the Central Division is like I think they did uh, Gunnersville. Um, they're doing Chickamauga, and they did Dale Hollow. In the Northern Division, they're doing Lake Champlain, um, the Potomac River, and I can't remember the other one. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, it's all up down the East Coast. Awesome. I just can't do it. You know, I had, it was kind of a last-minute thing for me to decide to do it, and I, you know, I had so many commitments this year already, I couldn't do a lot of them. Yeah, you can't get too many irons in the fire quick. <laughs> Pile up on you. It's expensive, man. That too. I couldn't imagine with gas prices, man. I'm, that's, I'm glad I got a small boat in a kayak right now because I can only imagine. I remember having to fill my boat up way yeah. back there, and when I had it in college. Yeah, and some of those. I mean, they have some of them have forty gallon tanks in them. Yeah, it wouldn't be getting forty gallons. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no. no. Uh, so, but which region would you say is your favorite? I know you live in Florida, but which one would you say that's a good aggressive bass? that's a fun way to fish well i mean i, I love largemouth i mm-hmm. love largemouth bass um so you know fishing down here is just for me it's you know there's there's nothing like it even back home i mean at the, the lakes i fish at back home they're fun and i catch a lot of fish mm-hmm. but i don't catch the size that i catch down here yeah to um, me, I no, like no, punching no. mats and topwater fishing. Those are my two favorite ways. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's you're, – you're going to be punching a lot in Florida. You know, that's mm-hmm. one thing. Yeah. And especially Okeechobee. That's all I did was punch. Heck, yeah. What uh, what kind of jig do you use? Um, I wasn't even using jigs. I was using a uh, – just a punch rig with a heavy uh, – uh, um, a heavy tungsten weight, and I mm-hmm. was using um, – like a Guggen, um, where the bandito bucks is what I was using. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a good, good setup. Now fishing those tournaments, how, I was, how do you get registered? How do you even get started and something? Cause that's a pretty big ordeal. You just kind of like get on, put in a form to fill out or. Well, you, first of all, you got to be a member of major league fishing, which you know, it's, that's not hard to do. Anybody can do it. Mm-hmm. And at that point, anybody can join, um, you know, to, to get into to the tournaments. Okay. Um, the BFLs are the lowest form and then, or, you know, the lowest league. And then that's the Toyota series. Those are the two that anybody can get into, you know, and mm-hmm. you, you, you can build up points and stuff like that. Yeah, that's what I was. I guess what I was trying to ask is for the average Joe if he was interested. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and the biggest problem. 
is if you're a boater or a co-angler um, and you want to get you want to fish a tournament, you can sign up for that tournament tournament and pay. Mm-hmm. But it's best to go in as a team. So if you register to go in um, to a tournament as a boater, have a co-angler to go in with you, and it guarantees you a spot in that tournament. Oh, okay. Doesn't mean you're fishing with that co-angler, but it guarantees you a spot. In that it locks tournament. you in there, so that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, and it's really that's it. I mean, the BFLs, I think. Let's say for a co-angler, it's a hundred dollars uh, a tournament. But for the Toyota series, it's five hundred and fifty dollars a tournament. Ooh, that make you fish a little um, bit harder. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's not cheap. And then like the boaters are seventeen hundred dollars a tournament. Holy crap! So yeah, they put a lot of money into it, man. It costs them a lot to, to fish it. You know, but you win a good check it. though <laughs> when you oh, do yeah. win. That's one thing that's yeah, blown my mind is how much they pay out for fishing, even way back when. It was just big payouts. Yeah, yeah well, you know, the Toyota Series is um, typically with a 260-boat field, the boater uh, wins, the winner gets 70 grand. Heck, yes. And and the co-angler winner gets um, a new boat, a new Phoenix bass boat worth uh, like $33,000. Well, I'll be grinning ear to ear with that now. Yep. Yep. Now, what kind of boat do you run? Well, I'm, I'm actually, I only fished the co-angler side. Okay. Cause I, you know, my money is, hey. like I said, is in college. I use someone else's so, man. That's just saving your money. <laughs> yeah. So, um, when I finish, I've got, I've got a 14 foot John boat right now that I'm fishing out of and I can't, I can't deal with anything else right now. Yeah, I heard that. Hey, and that's the perfect size. You you can fish two people in it comfortably, but with me, yeah. I, I love mine because once I get to my spot, I got a 15 Yamaha on the back, and it's enough to outrun yeah. a rainstorm. But once yeah. I motor to my spot, I'll get up the front, stand on my deck, and troll a motor around and tear them up, man. Just You can be quiet, yeah. too. Yeah, I'm getting ready to uh, actually, within the next few months, you know, start uh, a project with mine and redo it and new deck and everything on it i'm gonna i'm gonna really go all out with it so yeah i've had my john boats i can't afford a new bass boat right now but i can you know hopefully afford to do some stuff with that yeah oh man they got some stuff now my buddy just put this new kind of mat which i want to put in mine i just have carpet right now but uh it looks good it looks like kind of like fake wood but it's awesome it's like a nerf type stuff so real soft on your feet yeah i've been looking at that it's um can't remember the name of it either but uh, yeah that's real big now with, it looks with good <laughs> uh, tiny boat nation is is somebody that really does a lot with that and mm-hmm. they sell that a lot of the aluminum and stuff you need yeah one of the biggest things i had to do i had to replace the transom so we got an aluminum transom welded in and all uh, yeah. anything that's a low john boat and it's been great and i think it's like eight years older than me so it's been holding up yeah. good yeah mine's a 1985 fisher heck yeah so <laughs> And, and that's the one uh, the one thing I'll be doing when I get it get started. Um, I'll be going to a welder because I'm probably going to replace my transom in there too. I would because mine was old. It was wood. It was like old tube pressure or pressure treated two by six. And with that yeah. motor on the back, we'll be running and you could see it just flex. And I was like, I'm not having the sucker break off and the motor go to the yeah. one sink the boat or at least lose the motor. You know, I'd be bad day. Yeah. Yeah. But so you're pulling up to a new lake. What do you look for to start off if you can't pre-fish it? 
Uh, well, I'm looking for cover, really. Like docks uh, or grass? Yeah, if, it's, if there's docks on the lake, there's no question you got to fish them. Yeah. You know, I'm looking for lily pads and, and, and docks. Um, you know, re- really, that's it. And if, especially if I don't have electronics or something, that's when it's tough. Mm-hmm. You don't have electronics, you're going to look for stuff like that. Yep. And it also depends, uh, you know, on so many variables, what kind of day it is, what color the water is. And, oh, for sure. And, yeah. you, know, you know, if it's sunny outside, you're definitely going for the cover. Mm-hmm. Hunt, the sh- or so, hunt the shade, I should say. <laughs> but yeah. uh, now, what's your go-to colors? If oh, you want to divulge bug. those secrets. <laughs> June bug. June bug is my number one go-to color. Yeah, I use that or electric blue speed worm. Man, that yeah. is good. I use those yeah, speed crawls a lot. I've really gotten to where I mainly use them, especially in the rivers around here. They're, they're doing yeah. pretty good. One, another one that I've done really well with is, is um, believe it or not, it's the bubblegum pink. Yeah, I've I've used those in the past, but I've really never had much luck with those, just for the areas I've fished. But I heard they're it's a good, good in, color. They're, they're, they're good in dirty water on a sunny day. Yes, they do almost glow yeah. in the water just about. Yeah. Yeah. But now, what do you use? What kind of rod you use? Do you use a... God, I can't even think today. Uh, Lose. Lose? Oh, yeah. That's a good line. Yeah. Do you use mono or do you use braided? That's what I was trying to think of for a brain fart. I use I use braid, and ninety percent of the time it's it's fluorocarbon. Yeah, straight fluorocarbon. I don't use leaders or anything like that. I don't either. Um, I have a few rods lined up with braid just for uh, fishing grass, mm-hmm. but I'll even fish grass with with fluorocarbon. I do too. So, I use this line. It's called TriStar, I believe. I've used it's a saltwater line that we found because we have a place in St. Mark's, Florida, that we'll go from time to time. We were just there this weekend, and yeah. uh, man, it's like red and green, so it's kind of camouflage. It helps break up your line, and man, that stuff is tough. It doesn't stretch. I mean, I punched mats and pulled big fish out of them with this stuff. I usually wow. had one rod braided. And that was like my heavy duty. We gotta get some work done with this sucker. But most of the time, like you said, I just stuck fluorocarbon. Yeah, I know. You know, a lot of stuff I've heard is people don't like to do straight fluorocarbon. They like to use it as uh, just a leader because it's hard to cast. I've never had a problem casting it. Me either. I, I just, I don't understand the times that I've heard that. I've just never understood it. And I don't, I don't use mono a whole lot. Um, Sometimes if I'm in open water on using top water, mm-hmm. uh, I'll use mono because it's got stretch to it and it's easier to set the hook. Yeah. But, you know, it won't rip it out of their mouth. Obviously, I can't do that in, you know, in heavy grass situations, fishing a frog or something like that. That's always straight braid. Yeah. You definitely have a winch. Now, what's uh length rod do you like to use? <laughs> well, that depends on what I'm fishing. Yeah, I know. You know? <laughs> yeah. I've got, um, I've got my, like the shortest rod I have is a six foot nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use that typically for jerk baits yep. or, or anything like that. Other than that, it's anywhere from seven foot to seven foot two, just for, um, you know, worm fishing or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, anything like that. My crankbait rod is seven foot six, um, or no, that one's seven foot three. I'm sorry. That's seven foot three, and I use a moderate action on it. Um, 
because I like, you know, fishing a treble hook crankbait again, it's like using mono. I don't want to, I don't want something with a stiff, uh, tip on it. So it rips the hook out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. And then my, my heavy rod is a seven foot six rod. Okay. Heard so, that. That's, and that one always got braid on it. Yeah. I had, a, I my longest one was seven ten, and that's what I used for punching mats and everything was like a cane pole. Uh, yeah. I liked it. It gave me good leverage, especially to get them pull them up straight up out of the mat or something like that. Yeah. But so with yeah, you, I, right, I, go ahead. I, I use all, you know, all my rods are loose. Most of them. I mean, mm-hmm. I've got, I've got so many rods, but you, know, <laughs> yeah, you can't have them. enough, man. Every time I go to Walmart Academy, you got to get something. I, I probably got 50 rods in my room. Some of them, you know, I've got fishing rods that I bought when I was 16 years old. Oh, yeah, that's cool. I've still got them. Yeah, that's how I am. Once I get something, I tend to hold on to it. Yeah, and for years I fished. Um, I was fishing the the Skeet Reese rods, the Wright and McGill rods, mm-hmm. and that, I still like them. They're still good rods, but you can't get them anymore. Yeah, and those guys. I remember they like blew up, then went away. Because I was working at Academy yeah. too, and all we had were those white rods everywhere. Yeah, but his that his crankbait rod was just awesome, and mm-hmm. I've got I've still got one of those, but. I think about a year and a half, two years ago, I switched to lose, and man, I just, I, not just the rods, the reels are, so, I, I don't buy expensive stuff, man, I, I, you know, the reels I got are $150 reels. That's which, about my cap myself, I mean, I got a Bu Garcia's, yeah. and I got uh, some Calcutta's, and I think I got one lose, but that's a dang spinner yeah. rod, it ain't a bait caster. Yeah, I've got one spinning, and five or six casters that are loose and they're all mock twos mm-hmm. and they cap the mile compared to everything else i had my most expensive reel is quantum um it's a kvd series reel it was like 200 dollars that i bought years ago yeah and that thing's trash trash compared to these loose reels yeah that's what i've kind of if you can get the one not in the glass box but if you get one hanging they should you're pretty good that's how i would me i think i bought two cases or two reels out of a case rest of them just got them off the <clears throat> hanger and they've been great yeah because one, yeah. you might lose a sucker in the water. I have friends do that, drop expensive reels. So it happens. <laughs> yeah. But so talking about finesse and spinner rods, what's your finesse setup or do you like to fish in a more delicate presentation? Well, like I said earlier, wacky rig is 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 almost as finesse as I go here in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um I mean I do I do fish drop shot every once in a while. Yeah. And then, um, you know, every once in a while I'll throw a shaky head, but it's just not something I do a lot here in Florida. Yeah. Do you have any luck with like chatterbait or anything like that? Because I've fished with oh, it and yeah. caught a couple, but I think that's more of a time of the year thing almost for me. My my first bass yesterday was on a chatterbait. I Sweet. love a chatterbait. What color are you? I mean, they do thump. I like the action you can feel all the way through your rod handle. I mean, they're putting a vibration out there for sure. Yeah. I, I got three colors I usually throw, and that's um, – blue and black mm-hmm. uh white chartreuse and then like a green pumpkin color yep that's back that's exactly my setup that's what i have i mean there's just so many different things so many different lures that i fished that's you know i i say my favorite's probably lipless but you know i fish chatterbaits and swim jigs and, and yeah i like a square bill every- myself i like to stay if i can get about two foot right here on a grass bank i like doing that yeah that's pretty fun yeah I, I like square bills too. I'm not, I'm not huge with 
on jerk baits. I don't like fishing jerk baits. I got a buddy who fishes nothing but jerk baits. Yeah, catches them all day. Now, like a brokeback Rapala or something like that. I like those. I've had really good success growing up. That's just the kind of stuff my dad taught me to use. So it's always worked. (laughs) When it comes to soft plastics, you know, you can't beat a stick bait. You know, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I fish usually at Ocho. Uh, striking Ocho, yeah, and Bass, Bass Pro Shops makes good ones too on their brand. Mm. But that and a speedworm, man, speedworm, you can't beat a speedworm. Yes, in Florida, that extra, just that little bit of action. I was talking to a, one of the guys that came on my last episode. Me and my, when we were fishing tournaments, me and my dad come up with this idea. It was about six or seven years ago. I mean, it's just out there now. But we took a little screw and a swivel, and we took beetle spin blades and put in the back of our worms, like trick worms or cinco, and yep. it increased our hookup. Like he would, we would. Well, I'll tell you this: when we fish tournaments, either him or me would have the blade on, and seriously, they have one with the blade would get the first bite every time. I did a quick tips video on my YouTube about that a couple weeks ago, doing that exact same thing. It's it's and, awesome. And I believe that's. Little tiny spinner on the back. Yep, we re- we ran it Texas rigs, sometimes Carolina rig, but that just ended up catching on vegetation. So I tend to run more Texas rig, if anything, if I'm worm fishing. Um, yeah. But like I said, that's one of my go-to things. If it's like a blue, even a bluebird day, I, I, it seems to get them. Yeah. Well, ninety percent of the time, soft plastics wise, I am fishing Texas rig. But when the bite's tough, I'll go to a wacky rig. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just allows the float, and they'll hit it on the downfall. Oh yeah, my problem is is I get stubborn on the water too. You know, and I I have all these, I know all these things, and know how to do all these things, and I get on the water, and I just I don't forget to do them. I just get stubborn and don't don't do them. You know. Yes. I'm like I, you know, I'll keep I'll keep fishing that Texas rig worm, and won't put the spinner in. Mm-hmm. You know, because I know I'm going to catch them. I'm going to I'm going to catch them. Yeah, that's I have that same problem too. But that's especially fishing tournaments. It's good. I would try to make myself swap if I hadn't hit, got something within thirty minutes or something like that. But if, to me, I felt like you just had to be put at right place, right time with fish. As long as you're yeah. in the area, they're usually going to bite it. Yeah, it's tougher too in a tournament because you're like, you know, I don't, I don't want to make a change and make the wrong change. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you're fishing for fun, it's, it's different, but tournaments, you, you know, there's, there's, it's work, man. I mean, work. It, yeah, it's work. <laughs> that's what my wife didn't understand back then. She was like, you're going out fishing. I was like, yeah, but you know, you're not sitting in the boat, hanging out, drinking a beer. You're standing up the whole time, casting a rod, baking in the sun. It can, I mean, yeah. it, some days you come back, man, it just, all you can do is just walk into the house. <laughs> it, it, it wears you out. It wears you out for sure. Yeah. But uh, what kind of, I was going to ask you this, what kind of rain gear do you run? Because we've been on Lake Seminole before, and luckily we had good gear, but that can ma- make or break your day as well, as long as there ain't no lightning. Well, I I just run, I again, not something expensive. It's uh, it's a Cabela's brand guide wear. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. And it, and it, and it holds up pretty well. Yeah. Um, I will say this, on uh, when we were at Sandy Cooper, rain gear didn't matter uh, you know with the waves the waves hitting the boat in the morning when we were going across the lake yeah you know it went, it went right down your jacket and soaked the whole front end Damn. how that cold was, was it up that, there that was every it wasn't bad it was it was a little bit chilly but 
the water was still warm because it had been warm. Oh, cool. That well, that's only, good. <laughs> that was only two. That was only two weeks ago. So okay, that's cool. Who? What ended up winning that tournament, or what bag did? Bag wise, that was twenty-eight pounds. Oh, dang! Was that the one you told yeah. me about earlier? Yeah. Oh, okay. My bad. <laughs> oh, but yep. that's really neat. Um, let me see what else. <clears throat> now, what's how you say when the boater and co-angler work? So is it kind of just like a raffle system to where they just draw out of a hat? Uh, it's a random draw. Um, typically, the you know you'll have your your pre-tournament meeting the day before uh, the first day of the tournament, um, and right now they're still doing them online. And, and as soon as the tournament meeting's over, you'll get a text of who your boater or your co-angler is. And they, I, I'm not 100% sure how they do it. I think they said it's a computer draw. Okay. That is it's just a random like, number then. They, yeah, it's just random. They just, you know, hit a button and it picks boaters and co-anglers to match. Which I will so. say this, being a co-angler, you can probably get, or probably I should say learn in the fast lane just watching that boater and how they work, you can probably pick up a lot of tricks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with some of them, you can, I, I think, <laughs> I mean, everybody's I, I different. Learned, uh, I, I learned from everybody, you know, I, I'm 50 years old. I've been fishing all my life and I'm, yeah. I'm still learning every day. Oh yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, another thing, <laughs> excuse me. You're another good. thing that major league fishing does is, um, for the tackle warehouse circuit, mm -hmm. which is, you know, that's the first circuit that they don't allow co-anglers, but you can be a marshal. And I did that this year. Oh, how's that? Um, on the Harris chain. And it's, it's so cool. You go, you go to the pre tournament meeting, you meet everybody. I mean, Skeet Reese is there and Gary Yamamoto. And oh, that's badass. Know, Those are some legends. All these guys you, you, you see all the time. And you, you, you know, you're going to be on the boat with one of them, one of them, you're going to be their marshal for the day. So when they catch fish, you're communicating with the producers and letting them know your boater caught a fish and it's this weight and so on and so, so forth. So you're going to be the guy that weighs it and then tags it into the iPad? No, it's not any of that. You don't weigh it. You have to do a weight guesstimate because it's not, it's not the regular major league fishing. It's still a oh. five limit. Um, it's still a five limit tournament the tackle warehouse series. Oh, okay. Um, Dang. That's running and gunning so, then. Yeah. You, you, you just kind of guess the weight and I, I did pretty good. I mean, I was, I think the guy I was with the second day I was off by like six ounces, I think. And that <laughs> was just yeah. getting his weight. That's awesome. But it, it, that's something that you can see how these guys, you, these guys are the real, real pros. Mm -hmm. And, and some of them actually fished the Toyota series. I think Jordan Lee fished it. Uh, I've fished a couple of them. Um, but these are the guys you see what they're doing, and and, and you can really learn a what lot do you, from them. What do you think now, separates a pro, or what gets the, that person to the next level? What do you think? What have you noticed? Well, I mean, I honestly, the the guy I was with the first day, his name was. Um, I'm not even going to say names because I don't want to say who I was with, <laughs> but he, um, he, he won angler of the year on the tackle warehouse series, mm -hmm. um, or the Toyota series to get into the tackle warehouse series. 
And he pretty much told me it was just, he said, I got lucky. I got lucky and, and won the points race that year. Um, cause watching him fish, I mean, it, that day it didn't seem that different than anything I would do. He fished a chatterbait all day long and he caught a limit. Really? What was you he know? fishing around open water or was he in grass? He was on the outside edge of the grass, um, the whole day. Okay. So, and he, he fished a Carolina rig a couple of times on some shell beds, but nothing. He, he caught everything on a chatterbait. He did. He just like, just cover more ground, just stay moving the whole time. Yeah. And I, you know, I guess I could say his name was Jason leave long. He's, um, you know, he's, and he's, he's self-funded. He has no sponsors, no nothing, but he, he, you know, was able to, you know, get into the tackle warehouse series through points. Um, the guys with day two was Mike Sermon and he's been around a while. He used to have a show on outdoor channel. Mm -hmm. Um, he used to own gambler lures. He started gambler lures and he sold it all a few years back. But, um, you talk about pitching and flipping. That's what he did all day long. And that's what he's known for. He lives down near, um, he lives down near Okeechobee. Oh yeah. So that was, that's his forte. Yeah. That's what I imagine. You can probably tell where someone comes from just by their style. Like you say, that guy just may flip another guy who's using the chatterbait the whole day. Yeah. And which, like I say, well, one know, thing I like know, about as far as, go ahead. as far as learning from, learning from the guys, I mean, every one of them's different. Like, Again, the guy I was with day one, every one of his rods were complete braid. Yeah. You no, know, no matter what he was fishing. And then the day two, Mike, everything was fluorocarbon. He did not have a braided uh, rod on his deck. Hmm. You know, and he was flipping. He was flipping lily pads. Yeah. Man, that was me. I, like I said, I usually kept my braided in the dang locker in the deck because I rarely used it. Yeah. Cause then once you bird nest that sucker, that's it for the day. <laughs> that one's going down yeah. there and staying in there. <sighs> but you know, the, the Marshall thing for me was such a cool experience. Cause you, you don't know who you're going to be on the boat with it. You know, it could have been Gary Yamamoto, but. Oh man. You that, know, that would be awesome. I would love to do the, that. Yeah. The first, mo- the second morning we're waiting for takeoff and Mike pulls his boat up to park it. And. Lo and behold, he parks next to Larry Nixon. And I don't know if you know who Larry Nixon is, but he's a legend in bass mm-hmm. fishing. Yeah. And I, and I sat there for a half an hour before takeoff, just listening to them, to them tell stories oh and talk. And it was, it was just the coolest. Should have had a recorder on that. That would have been cool. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been. I wasn't allowed to take my GoPro. <laughs> oh, you can't? That sucks. Not as a marshal. Not as a marshal, you can't. You're yeah. there to work. Yeah, that is true. You ain't got time to mess around. Yeah, yeah, that right there would be all that. That'd be worth it for me. I couldn't catch nothing all day, but that would be sweet just to talk to them and see what they yeah. <laughs> they're thinking on what or they're thinking on fishing, how they go about it. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Dang allergies, man. But uh, yeah. well, man, we're getting on about forty-ish minutes here. I don't want to keep you too late on this Easter Sunday. Um, and we pretty much covered a pretty good bit. Uh, if you want to tell people where they can find your YouTube channel and Instagram, they check you out too, and I give you a like and a follow there. Well, my Instagram is at Tony Anchors Fishing, and YouTube is the same thing, Tony Anchors Fishing. Okay. And if you would, I'd, I'd appreciate anybody giving me a, a follow. Well, I would definitely be tagging you in the post later tonight. Like I said, this podcast will be up this evening. It'll be a little bit later, but it will be up this evening. Yeah. Um, 
but other than that, man, I appreciate I, you coming on. I really enjoyed it. I, I did too, man. I appreciate you having me on. And the door's always open too. If you go to a tournament and have a cool story you want to talk about, come on, just hit me up. <laughs> I will. I certainly will. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. Well, you have a good Easter Sunday or the rest of it, and thank you. All right, thanks. You have a good yeah. one. All right.